Hi, welcome to the Romance Me podcast. This is Erica. And I'm Em, and we'd like to say a special hello to our number one and only fan. Don't eat humans, okay? Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> today, today we'll be discussing Stripped by Zoe Castile. Robin Flores teaches fifth grade while struggling to be a functional adult. Zach Fallon has spent the last 10 years making money and improving his skills as a stripper. Amidst steamy romantic encounters and awkward social settings, Zach and Robin get to know each other in ways most of the world doesn't get to see. But can they make a lasting connection before Zach is supposed to fly off to Vegas for the dream job he's been working toward? There will be spoilers beyond this point. So, Erica, how's Robin's morning going? When we first meet her. I don't know. I feel like I'm in the midst of uh, like an acid trip or something at the beginning of the story. Like, I just don't know. Like, I drink water. Did you get the same impression? Everything is just mixed up and hazy and a little bit. I mean, so when we first meet Robin, like she's she's got clothes that she has from the laundromat and she has spilled coffee and her solution to cleaning up is to use clothes that aren't hers and she knows aren't hers because, you know, there's a glittering thong that has the American flag on it, which she does not own, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and the proportions of said, was it thong? I can't remember. Dude's packing or huge badge. And she uses these clothes to clean up the coffee. And I must admit, as I was listening to that, because audiobook, I was going, seriously, nothing else? You're using a person you don't know, and you're using the clothes? That makes no sense to me. Well, see, that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. Because she's, like, freaking out over not having any clean clothes. Every single item she owns is apparently in the laundry, and she received the wrong laundry back. Then you go get one of the dirty things, and you use that. She doesn't have dirty things, because she sent them all out to the laundry. She doesn't have, like, dirty towels? She's contemplating wearing the other person's clothes to work, because she's going to be late to work. Like, it is... It is a thing. She doesn't have any toilet paper or paper towels or napkins or dish rags or anything. It's like she has nothing. She's her life is just. But she's been living there for eight years. So she doesn't have like a dirty towel. Maybe I'm weird, but I would rather leave the mess than use somebody else's clothing to clean it up. Yeah, she kind of is at, like in this place where she's not even sure that she's going to trade the clothes back. She's just like, well, I guess this is what I own now. These are my clothes now, and they own my clothes. Oh, well. And I don't know. She's really... So So in our little synopsis thing, I, you know, I said she's struggling to be a functional adult. And that this is just the prime example of it. We get a nice, clear picture of Robin's life. Of her struggle. In this moment. Yes. Yeah, she's really struggling, and I don't think we ever really figure out why. Like, maybe she's depressed, maybe she's feeling burned out, maybe it's some combination thereof, but there's no real answer to it. It's just she's really struggling hard. 
at the beginning of this book. Yeah, I mean, it's it's clear that she has issues. But yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't think we ever get like a clear picture. And I mean, I can kind of understand the realism of that in that sometimes people struggle and there isn't a one single moment where they can attribute to the reason that they have a struggle or a series of struggles. Because that's, I mean, that's life. Yeah. It does get tricky with the story, though. I mean, it's very common in stories for there always to be that one moment. And it almost is a bit cliche to have like a one moment when X, Y, or Z happened. But there's kind of a reason for that in stories. It's because readers need answers. <laughs> they need to know. Yes, we do. Why, why <laughs> things developed or how they started or something. And to have it be nebulous feels unsatisfying for a reader. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna rewind a little bit. So we're gonna talk about the setting. This takes place in Queens in New York City. Robin's living in an apartment in New York. Like you said, she's been there for eight years. She's a fifth grade school teacher. From what we know, she was formerly a very type A sort of person. She was always the designated driver. She was always top of her class. She was one of those people who was going places. And ever since her best friend Lily got engaged, she's been kind of short circuiting, struggling. Before Lily was the one who is kind of the type C plus individual and Robin was type A and they've switched places. But Robin is like happy for Lily. She's not jealous or anything like that. She's just allegedly allegedly. I don't I don't think she is. I don't know. It's Odd. I don't think she's jealous. I think she's having a hard time with change. Yeah, she's. it reminded me a lot of... There were several parts of this book that reminded me a lot of the movie The Bridesmaids. Oh, I never... Or did I see it? Oh, yeah. Jen and I saw yeah. it. Yeah. Did we see it? Yeah. Yeah. We saw it. Oh. Did... <laughs> <laughs> I guess okay. I'm not a very memorable date. Sorry. <laughs> no! I... <laughs> But in that movie, the main character's best friend is getting married and she is the maid of honor. And it's like she's in that movie. She's definitely like kind of there is jealousy there, but she feels like she's losing her friend. Yeah. And that's that's not super touched on in this book. But I kind of wonder if that's part of it. Like, does she feel like she's losing her friend? That's what I thought it was. It You're right. It wasn't very touched on in the book but that's sort of what i was thinking is it was that that was part of like of her trying to accept change trying to accept that her friend was different and that her life wasn't where she thought it would be you know her five-year plan or whatever plan it was that she had was not manifesting the way that she had previously envisioned that it should yeah, and, and come to find out over the course of the story, no one has been putting any pressure on her except herself. Yeah. You know, she has this idea of where she thought she was going to be or who she thought she was going to be, and she's not there. She isn't that person. And so she's just kind of spiraling out of control. And it culminates in this fever dream of an opening scene in this book where, like you said, she ends up using some other person's laundry to clean up coffee off the floor. And we learned too, like she's she said a couple of times in the story that she doesn't sleep well, but we don't get any sense of like, is that anxiety? Is she having nightmares? There's just not a lot. But 
Right after she makes this choice, this fateful choice of using some stranger's laundry to clean up coffee off the floor. Sorry, buddy. Who shows up at her door? Buddy. But her hot neighbor. I mean, Santa. Who? (laughs) (laughs) Sexy Santa. (laughs) He can pull it off. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so her hot neighbor shows up at her door and he's like, I think you have my laundry because I have yours. Because he's a functional adult <laughs> and is able to read the tag on the laundry bag, which is how he knew where to go to trade the laundry back. Yay. <laughs> Just that is what really got to it's like, okay, so she got the wrong laundry. And she just spirals out of control. He got the wrong laundry and he reads the tag on the bag and he's like, oh, I'll go upstairs and trade it back with her. Um, Okay, hot guy neighbor is instantly taken with her. She's instantly taken with him, but also like, wow, I can't talk to this guy. I just used his clothing to clean up coffee off my floor. (laughs) They end up trading laundry back. She makes the, the the decision to just give him his bag minus those items without explaining anything. Maybe he won't notice. Glittery thongs kind of get noticed when they're not there. He asks her out for drinks and she says, um, you have glitter on your neck. <laughs> so no. <laughs> <laughs> and I think for her, she's a little... Unsure, because there's like a skimpy tank top in that bag that she can't see fitting him. There's the glittery thong. He's got glitter on him. She She's not sure what his deal is. Like, does he have a girlfriend? Does, like, what, what are these things? Yeah, so, I mean, I think it's smart for her if she's unsure to not go forward. Yeah. So that makes sense. And so she basically tells him, well, okay, bye. I'm late for work. Thanks for my laundry. <laughs> Thanks and for being a functional adult. I think he adult. even offers to drive her to work or something like that. And she turns him down. Was he smitten with her before? This isn't the first time he's seen her, right? Like he's noticed her before. This is the first time he's seen her. Oh, okay. Bold move, buddy. Yeah. All right. Yeah, he just moved in like a couple weeks ago. All right. So she heads off to work and she calls her best friend, Lily, who's also a teacher, to get her to cover for her. And this is a thing that always happens. Meanwhile, we're in his head. We find out he's his name is Zach, although he tells Robin his name is Fallon and that's his last name. And that's what she calls him. Um, but we're back in we're in we're in Zach's head and he's just kind of really shocked and and put off that she said no to him like she turned me down no one turns me down why did she turn me down what happened am i losing my touch what is going on at least he didn't th- there's something wrong with her if i'm getting <laughs> turned down of course then he wouldn't be the hero true no he went directly to himself <laughs> his own ego because <laughs> he's he's a stripper and he's been a stripper for 10 years and before that he was a bartender and before that, he dropped out of school, but he's never had a problem getting a woman to say yes to him until this woman. Or at least no woman that he's wanted. Yeah. And, and plenty that he doesn't want, really. <laughs> True. I, I don't know. At that point, I wasn't sure how I felt about him because, oh, he's very cocky. I, I don't know. I have a thing with cocky guys. Like, ugh, no. 
there is that difference between cocky and confident. And sometimes it's tricky to know which one they're being. I think for him, part of it is an act because he does tend to slide into insecurity very easily in this story. Yeah, he does. Back to Robin. She's made it to school. She literally runs into her boss, Lucas Papadopoulos. Yep. Who all her students call Principal Platypus. Yeah, well. And she calls Platypus as well. (laughs) He's an attractive man about Robin's age as well. Well, Would you prefer that she called him Papa in her head? Oh, ew. There you go. Oh, God, no. There you go. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) It gets grosser when the story continues, if you think about it. Yeah, no, I... I, uh, (laughs) I'm grimacing. I know. Can you hear yeah. it? <laughs> I am delighting in your grimace. Sorry. Oh, great. At least someone is. Um, I'm going to call him Lucas. <laughs> Fine. Lucas is an attractive man. He's new to the school. He's the new principal. He's her new boss. And she's been avoiding him as much as possible because she's consistently late. He reminds her that, yeah, hey, we met before. Remember at Lily and Dave's engagement party last year? Remember? Huh? Please remember me. Do you remember me? Apparently, Lily and Dave's engagement party is a whole blur for Robin. She just started drinking. (laughs) And she vaguely remembers some guy giving her his number. And she thinks it could have been Lucas, but she's not sure. Oh, dear. She'd just rather let it all go. Just pretend. Pretend ignorance. Yeah, she's getting, getting in touch with her inner Elsa. (laughs) Uh, Lucas is Dave's friend that's why he was at the engagement party it seems like he's into Robin like even initially it seems flirty it seems likely he's the one who gave her his number yeah and isn't there a rumor that he's in a relationship possibly when he gave her the number it's sort of intimated I don't know I don't think anything comes of it but it's one of those like maybes (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. There's a lot of weird little things in this book that don't really come to anything. Yeah. He does give Robin a talking to. Bad, bad. Get your act together. Later that day after school, Lily drives Robin home. They talk about Robin's behavior. So Robin is actually Lily's maid of honor. And she's been a really shitty maid of honor. Yeah. So much so that Dave's older sister, Sophia has taken over most of the maid of honor duties because Robin has just slacked and totally flaked on Lily. I don't know why Lily's still Robin's friend at this point. I don't know either. Lily basically begs Robin to talk to her. Like, please tell me what's going on with you. Like, what? what is this? Do you need, like, maybe you should try dating again or maybe just talk to your friend who wants you to talk to her. Yeah, I mean, I guess from Robin's perspective, if she can't really figure out why that she's in that place, she might not be able to articulate to Lily what. Yeah, oh, I I agree. And to an extent, I relate a little. I think many of us have been there to where we're just kind of floundering and we're not sure why and we're not sure how and we feel just kind of pathetic and don't want to be vulnerable or not sure how to be. Yeah, I mean, if they're such good friends, hopefully Robin could tell her that at least. You would think. I don't know what's going on with me. I know that there's stuff that's wrong, but I don't know. 
I need compassion. I'm vulnerable. You would think at this point where Lily is practically begging for a for something. Yeah. That she would at least tell her that, but she doesn't and, really. And maybe maybe I'm wrong, but if something else was going on in Lily's life, maybe Lily could be more present for Robin. But I mean, she's got her wedding. Like that's kind of a huge distraction or not distraction for Lily, but a huge event. And that's part of why Robin doesn't open up to her too, because she doesn't want to drag Lily down. Yeah. But if your friend is asking you, hey, what's wrong with you? How can I help you? Yeah. I mean, you should take their word for it. Like, they really do want to help you, probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you shouldn't assume that they don't mean it <laughs> if they're that good of friends. Yeah. Ugh. I know, it's tricky. When they get to Robin's apartment, Zach is outside with his husky puppy, yes. Fluffs. No. <laughs> Because, of course, he has an adorable husky puppy. Of course. Although, why he has one in a New York apartment, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he likes the fluffy. As as an owner of a, of a husky mix, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this dog is good for Zach's lifestyle. Well, to be fair, he also isn't <laughs> intending to stay. I mean, that's not a part of his lifestyle that he's intending to continue the staying in new york right but he just i don't know huskies get lonely <laughs> and he's out a lot yeah huskies get separation anxiety bad maybe yes doesn't yes is the perfect husky puppy she has zero problems <laughs> fiction <laughs> i i know i i'm i'm doing that thing where i get like hung up on a detail but <sighs> I'm getting hung up on a detail. Well, unhang All yourself. Right. <laughs> um, so Robin has to talk to Zach because he, uh, he's, he's there. There he is. <laughs> and he, he asks about his missing clothes. Because <laughs> he noticed. He, he noticed the lack of glitter or sparkle in his wardrobe. And she gives him like this weird explanation, but it's from his perspective and he's not paying attention to it at all. <laughs> Because he's just overcome with how beautiful she is and how much he wants to hang out with her. and They accidentally fell in coffee. Yeah. And so they go up to her apartment and she gives him his clothes back in a bag. They're just wet <laughs> with coffee. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he takes the, the bag of wet clothes and then he asks her to dinner. <laughs> it's like, okay, buddy, you got turned down this morning. You're just going to try again. All right. He's unfazed. Back at it again. <laughs> I think she's just so broken down at this point of the day. She's like, okay, but I'm not going out. You'll have to call in <laughs> food. <laughs> <laughs> so he calls for pizza. She's struggling to undo one of the clasps on her dress. So he helps her with that. And then she kisses him. And then they make out and it's hot and heavy. And then the pizza interrupts them. They eat. She tells him about Lily and the bachelorette party. And she she's, I think the gates are open. Everything that she could have told Lily, she's telling Zach. Yeah. Probably because he doesn't have a stake in any of it at this yeah, point. Yeah, sometimes it's easier to talk to strangers because you know they're not invested. And they don't know. But he asks her about the bachelorette party and she says something like, oh yeah, there's not going to be any trashy male strippers there. 
And he does a complete 180. He just like turns off. He goes, okay, well, I got to go. Bye. (laughs) And he leaves. And Robin's just like, what? She's so confused. What did I do? What happened? Um, Because she doesn't know what he does for a living. And she doesn't think of the thong. (laughs) She doesn't. She doesn't put two and two together still. Uh, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> but Zach is just stuck in his insecurities. Like, oh, see, I'm not good enough for her. She thinks male strippers are trashy. This isn't going to work. I just, I'm going to have to let it go. Be Elsa. Even though she's hot. <laughs> Embrace the Elsa. <laughs> a couple days go by with awkward avoidance. Now we're at the day of the bachelorette party. Sophia planned the bachelorette party and Robin thought it was just like a tea party, but it just keeps going and going and it's ex- it's extended throughout the day. And now it's evening. One of the bridesmaids is handing out masquerade masks and then there are strippers. Robin initially is like upset on Lily's behalf because Lily doesn't want to be the center of attention or touched or anything like that. And Sophia has completely disregarded this, even though she's been told. Yep. But when she discovers one of the strippers is Zach, she takes off her mask. So Zach knows who she is. And then she just completely bails. She just nopes out. Which, okay. So thoughts. (laughs) I was mad at her. Me too. I was furious. I was so mad at her. Like, this is why I wonder why Lily's still her friend. Like, maybe the other stuff Lily could let go, but yeah. Bailing during the bachelorette party when she knows it's going to be a struggle for her because she has, you know, issues with being the center of attention, issues with being touched by strangers, all that kind of stuff, and then just leaving. Yeah. She needed to protect her friend. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, how can you leave her if this either either a those really aren't that big a deal for lily which they kind of get glossed over later in the story so it leads you to think like okay so what they weren't as big a deal has lily changed that much from who robin knew or they were that big a deal and nobody just wanted to trouble robin with it because robin is struggling i think it's yeah that me one. too So, you know, meanwhile, Lily is probably having her own little freak out because she doesn't like surprises. She doesn't like to be the center and she doesn't want to be touched. (laughs) And, you know, Robin has been like, nope, my needs are greater than yours. Bye. (laughs) I'm just sitting there going. Yeah. When she's the maid of honor, she's there to handle Lily's stuff. Like, that's why she's at this event. It wouldn't even matter if she's not the maid of honor. Well, true. She's also Lily's best friend. Yeah. Even if she was just the best friend who happened to be there, if she knew Lily at all and cared about Lily at all, I would think that she'd woman up. You would think so. so. Yeah. I lost a lot of respect for Robin in that moment and really, really disliked her intensely. Yeah. That really got to me, too. And Lily ends up texting her and, like, asking what happened. And Robin, like, gives her some shit excuse. And it's just messed up. Yeah, very. So Robin goes back home. She's all in her head. Oh, that's why Zach left after pizza. It's because I said that comment about strippers. I was really judgy. And that was bad of me. And I should apologize to him. Which, all of that could have happened... 
And she still could have been there for Lily. Yep. She could have done the thing. Like, she didn't have to take the mask off. No. I wonder how it would have turned out if she kept the mask on and stayed for Lily and took care of Lily and then later still apologized to Zach. Would anything else change? Yeah. I don't know. Probably not. But maybe this is just part of the author trying to let us know exactly how far gone Robin is. She's not thinking of anyone else. She's in self-preservation mode. She kind of is thinking of someone else, though. Then she's like, I need to apologize to Zach. And I'm like, you kind of need to apologize to Lily, right? Unless you're not intending to keep that (laughs) friendship. I mean... (laughs) Sweetie, it's not all about the boy. (laughs) So she gets home, but... A little bit later, Zach gets home and there's a lot of noise and it sounds like he's having a party at at his place and Robin's just like, uh, just, I don't know, angsty. Meanwhile, Zach didn't want to have the party at his place. He's all angsty too because Robin revealed that she was at this (laughs) bachelorette party and then bailed. And so he's like, yep, she does think I'm trash. Apparently. Oh, she just apparently (laughs) has some immaturity to work through. (laughs) So Zach belongs to this group, an all-male review called Mayhem City. And he's one of the founding members of this group, um, along with Ricky, who's the owner, boss man. They, They travel from city to city and put on shows and things like that. But they also do private shows to earn extra money. And so that's what this bachelorette party was. And one of the things that they do after these private shows is they do an after party and they take turns whose place they hold it at. So no one really knows where the strippers live. So they can't get stalked because I guess there's been problems with that. That does not surprise me. (laughs) And it's Zach's turn to have the after party at his apartment. And he doesn't really want to, but he does anyway. His bros and the horny bridesmaids who want to come to this after party. One of the bridesmaids is into him. He's just like not into it. He's all up in his head about Robin still. So he nopes out of the apartment. He takes Yaz downstairs to go to the bathroom. Because Yaz was a good girl. Realizes he didn't bring any doggy bags. (laughs) And so he uses a leaf to scoop up Yaz's business. Robin, meanwhile, has seen that Zach is outside with the dog and runs downstairs to apologize to him. And they collide. And now there's dog shit everywhere. Well, it's on Robin. But, you know, maybe you feel bad. Maybe you don't. I I just don't. I Karma is swift. Karma is cruel. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. It's a karmic thing. Maybe. Yaz was like, you know what? Because I was just going, why is this in this book? I don't I don't want this. Why? No. No, thank you. Yaz was like, you know, <laughs> you let your girl down. <laughs> you deserve my shit. <laughs> you have received the dog shit. <laughs> Bitches before britches. I don't know. Robin goes back to her apartment to clean off and Zach follows her. She takes a shower. He hangs out in her living room. Or no, I think he goes back to his apartment, drops Yaz off and changes his shirt and then comes back and hangs out in Robin's apartment while she showers. It's weird. 
After she's clean, they talk and he says that he realizes he's not the type of guy she would bring home to meet her parents. And she's upset about this because she's determined not to judge him for being a stripper. And how dare he think she's judging him. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, that's what I got out of it. Then there's kissing. They do angry making out. It starts to progress to potentially having sex. And then he stops and he's like, no, I actually want this to go somewhere. And so he asks her out to dinner. And she's like, what? What is this? Like, why can't we just do the sex? Like, I was ready to do the sex. And he's like, I want someone who might see more in me. And she's like, oh, okay. So that means I don't get the sex now? Great. That's what that means, (laughs) Robin. Yes. Um, (laughs) Why am I being punished? (laughs) They decide to do one of those dating on a timeline scenarios well i'm only going to be in town for the summer and you're going to be leaving for grad school next year because she's told him that she's been applying to grad schools and she's going to go wherever she gets accepted and try to be a writer and that kind of thing she has goals yay they have the idea let's do a short-term dating situation that won't go badly nope it never goes badly nope (laughs) (laughs) i think it's the following day maybe it's a couple days later i'm really iffy on the timeline in this book because it takes place at the beginning of summer and so they plan to date through summer before he leaves but then things get iffy i'm not sure if it was me as a reader or it doesn't matter really it sort of seemed that way to me too but then i wasn't really clear on on the exact dates but maybe it doesn't matter i don't know we're at dance practice with zach We get introduced to the other guys that he works with. A couple of the guys that are new since they got to New York are Vinny and Vinny's twin. Zach suspects Vinny is a drug dealer because he found drugs at his place after the party. And then he overhears Vinny having some phone conversation later. So he has this inkling about Vinny. Vinny and Zach kind of butt heads a lot too because Zach is is very he takes this seriously he does he does a lot of the choreography at this point he cares about them doing a good job and Vinny is very much like hey girls just want to see me naked it's fine and zach doesn't like and with zach's personal history too like it sounds like he also had at least for a short term maybe like a drug addiction issue yeah he may have yeah so i can see why he and Vinny just clash on a fundamental level Then later, Zach takes Robin to a dinner date at an exclusive restaurant, and it starts out really well. They do some more getting to know you talking. She tells him about how she used to want to be a writer, and then Zach invites her to come to one of his shows, and things are going great. And then... Krampus. (laughs) Lucas is also on a date at this (laughs) exclusive restaurant. And he gets seated at the table right next to Zach and Robin. Yay. And this turns bad so quick because for some reason, Lucas can't just be like, oh, hey, yep, we know each other, whatever. No, it turns into like the weirdest, (laughs) most awkward, strange double date ever. And Lucas hates that Robin is out on a date, even though he's out on a date. Yeah. Starts badgering Zach. Oh, well, what do you do for a living? And trying to make him feel like crap. Robin, again, bails. She's just like, okay, well, boys, enjoy your date. I'm leaving. (laughs) Yeah. Very avoidy conflict. I think it would have been fine for her to ask to be seated elsewhere. And considering, was it the owner that Zach knew? He knew someone. So it 
it should have been able to be an accomplished thing. Although I guess it was supposed to be like a happening eatery. Okay, so if they couldn't have been seated elsewhere, then maybe they should just leave, even though it's an exclusive place. I thought it was interesting how Lucas was trying to brag about his being able to get a table there or something. Yeah, because he, no, yeah, Lucas knew the owner. Zach knew the brother of one of the people who work there. I think it was the hostess, like her brother works in his show. Yeah. So yeah, Lucas had to wait in line and Zach and Robin didn't. (laughs) I think it's also interesting to note that Lucas's date, according to Zach, looked barely legal. Yeah, there was this weird thing. Lucas's date orders a drink and the waitress asks to see her ID and then Lucas overrides it. He's all... No, she's fine. Which, big no-no. They could have their liquor license taken away for serving to minors. And then it's implied that the date goes to the to the bathroom and gets high, too. Yeah. And it's weird to me that Robin didn't notice that about her, not the high thing, but like the barely being over 18. Yeah, that didn't seem to bother Robin. Like, that's something that Zach really noticed, but Robin never really points that out. It's, oh, she's pretty. It's like, pretty young. <laughs> But Robin, I think, was more, ew, the boss. And not only that, but when Zach, because Zach goes to the bathroom at the same time that Lucas's date goes to the bathroom. right, yeah. And we're not in Robin's head during the dinner, but later we find out that while she was alone with Lucas, he said something like, he's not good enough for you and you should be with me. Yeah, he's totally propositioning her. Which is just, ew. Yes. Especially in that scenario. Especially he's her boss. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But Robin leaves because there's too much male peacocking going on. And she probably feels really uncomfortable about what happened with Lucas and doesn't know how to handle it. Yeah, I mean, that's a more emotionally complex situation than Robin can handle right now. Yeah, she's not prepared to deal with that shit. Nope. Which just feeds into Zach's insecurity complex because he's got... This man who he can tell is after Robin, making him feel like he's not good enough for her. Meanwhile, he's still got the trashy stripper comment in his head. He just feels like, you know, our our lifestyles are completely incompatible. He gets <laughs> drunk. At some point, his friend from the show, Aiden, shows up and gives him a pep talk. And he's like, you know, it's okay. If you want her, go for her. They learn that they got their show booked in Vegas which is a big deal. That's like what he has been trying for this whole time is to get their, their review to that point. But part of getting booked in Vegas means that they're going to leave earlier than planned. After Aiden's pep talk, Zach does send Robin a text. And so they, they pick back up where they left off and they're just kind of like, okay, well, things couldn't possibly get worse (laughs) after that date. Oh, Robin. Zach knows he needs to tell Robin that he's leaving early, but doesn't. He just doesn't tell her. Yeah. (laughs) It's one of those. They go on a date to Coney Island. They get really frisky on the Ferris wheel to the point that I'm worried about their safety. (laughs) Like, I think they're going to fall off. Fiction. I don't know. It's fine. They'll be fine. She she goes down on him. But then there's a point where she's like straddling him and like they're grinding. And I'm just like, dude, you're on a Ferris wheel. Uh, I don't like those death traps either. But You're going to fall. You know, it's fiction. They'll be fine. <laughs> Apparently, she does not have any height issues. No. <laughs> the thought of plummeting to her death is not, it's not enticement enough for her to not do what she's doing. 
They have another date where it's an awesome picnic in Central Park. And then Robin finally goes to one of his shows and he dances for her. Like she gets pulled on stage and he does a personalized dance for her on stage. And then after that, she stays after the show for drinks with the crew. And everyone that Zach works with is super nice to Robin. She feels very included. And then they go back to Robin's and they finally have the set. And of course, of course, it's mind blowing. And this is what I mean, like time is a little iffy, because I'm not sure how much time has passed at this point. But enough time has passed that now it's awkward for Lucas to apologize for his behavior to Robin, but he finally apologizes. Yay. Robin is like, okay, thanks, but you should actually apologize to Zach. But why? And Lucas is like, no. But he is beneath me. Why ever should I apologize to him? And then we have the rehearsal dinner for the wedding. Lily talks to Robin and kind of gently tells her that she thinks Sophia should be the, the official maid of honor. And Robin should be a bridesmaid since Sophia's been doing all the maid of honor stuff. And Robin is fine with this. I think she's fine with it. She says she's fine with it. It does seem like she's fine with it. But then we find out that apparently Lucas said that Zach threatened him or something. And so there's some weird drama about that. And Robin is like, well, that isn't what happened. And Lily's like, well, how should I know what to believe? Because you never talked to me. That's not untrue. (laughs) And Robin tells her, well, I don't tell you any of this because I don't want to bring all this drama to your wedding. And she says, well, is that going to be okay? Because guess what? The drama's at the wedding. You're going to be escorted down (laughs) the aisle by Lucas because that's who was supposed to escort Sophia. And Robin's like, yes, I can deal with it. It's fine. Okay. At some point, Mary, Zach's younger sister, shows up at his door. She's 17, I think. Yeah, I think 17. And she ran away from home. She said that their dad had a relapse. So Zach's mom died and their dad turned to drinking which is in part why Zach ended up dropping out of high school. Zach's dad drank himself into sickness, I guess, because he was clean and on meds, and that's part of what Zach uses his money for. Prolonged drinking can damage the liver. It sounds like he has some sort of liver condition. So his dad isn't doing well, and then apparently the dad had some sort of relapse. Like, it's alluded to that maybe he's now abusing pain meds. Well, I mean, it makes sense if if he drank alcohol to numb, he might be using something else to do the same. So Robin brings over Scrabble and Mary says, well, let's let's have a rule where if you pass on your turn, then you have to answer a question truthfully. How true is true? (laughs) (laughs) They have several hard truths being told during this game. One of them is... When exactly Zach is leaving. Two weeks at that point. Yeah. And then Zach ends up making up some lie to his dad. Like, oh, yeah, I invited Mary to come see me and forgot to tell you. And she's coming home. So he buys Mary a ticket home. And he realizes he needs to step up for her, be there for her more than he has been. Robin asks Zach to be her date to Lily's wedding. Zach is a little unsure about it, but accepts. Then they have a weekend away at a bed and breakfast in the Catskill Mountains. Mary, Zach's sister, (laughs) called them, called the bed and breakfast to let them know that, like, it's Zach and his wife, supposedly, celebrating their anniversary. 
So the people on the bed and breakfast think that they're a married couple celebrating their anniversary and give them the honeymoon suite. And (laughs) (laughs) it kind of Mary meant it to be like embarrassing, but Zach kind of likes it. Like he's like, yeah, I would like that actually. And he realizes, you know, it's a long shot, but I would regret it if I didn't. And so he asks Robin if she'll leave and go to Vegas with him. And Robin accepts, which I honestly found shocking, but okay. (laughs) And then we have a point in the story where it feels like everything's going to be fine now. I mean, the thing is, is really, literally the only time Robin is ever on time with anything is with Zach. It's clearly the thing that she wants because she's not avoiding it. True. I was just like, yay, I'm so glad that she's committing to this. Clearly, it's what she wants. Good. Can we be functional now? (laughs) No. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) So Robin starts to put all her ducks in a row. She finally has a talk with Lily and says, hey, I want to bring Zach as my plus one to your wedding. Is that okay? And Lily's like, yes. And then she says... And actually, I'm going to be moving to Vegas with him when he leaves. So I'm not going to come back and teach next year. I'm going to go off and do my own thing and live off my savings and try to write. And Lily's like, are you sure? Because this sounds like crazy for you. And she's like, yes, I'm sure. And so Lily is happy for her, which good. I wonder at this point if Lily is like, okay, good. I don't have to deal with your shit. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like light at the end of the tunnel. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, like Lily throughout the story and even up until that point is playing devil's advocate. Like, are you sure you don't know him? Robin seems to get really offended by these things. It's like, well, she's being your friend. She's trying to ensure because you're being kind of not a functional person and she's making sure that you're in the right headspace to make these decisions. She sees you barreling straight ahead down this dark tunnel and not looking where you're going and she's trying to make sure that you see all the signs that you're passing. Exactly. Like she sees you with the rope and the train tracks tying yourself to it and she's just kind of making sure that this (laughs) is what you want. (laughs) And that's fair. (laughs) It's not always nice to to have the opposing viewpoint (laughs) given to you. But it's, I think, given in the spirit of compassion and caring. You need that. To Lily's credit, she says, okay, well, here are all the warning signs. Are you still okay with it? Okay, you are? All right. Well, I'm happy for you then. Exactly. It's not like, because if Lily had just been like, all right, great, fine. Then she's clearly had just written Robin off, which is not being a friend. Like if someone is completely like, everything you do is fine, it's because they don't really care. (laughs) You know, there's support and then there's enabling and then there's not giving a crap, which granted, those are different. (laughs) (laughs) Lily clearly cares. I don't know why Robin's getting all, well, Robin's in a weird space, I guess. I don't know. We don't really know how she was before. We only have her word for it. So who knows? Okay. And then Robin turns in her, her notice to Lucas. She's like, I'm going to finish out this year, but see ya. <laughs> Meanwhile, shit starts hitting the fan because apparently money has been going missing from Ricky's vault or whatever, Oopsie. like from his account. Zach suspects Vinny because of this drug thing. And so he tells Ricky about that. And Ricky's like, okay, well, I'll look into it. And there, there's like this one point, I think, where Vinny talks to Zach and is like, hey, bro, let's start over. And Zach says, okay, because he's like, well, this way I'll be able to find more proof or something. Yeah. Well, Zach, I think, is handling it kind of like an adult. Like, he's not going to 
blow up at no, that moment. No, but it's just, it's one of these weird parts of the story. It doesn't go anywhere. That's true. Yeah. Maybe, is there a book too? Is this a series? Because this seems like this would be something that would carry into the second book. It is a series. Yeah, the second book is Aiden. Oh, maybe it carries over with Aiden. Although that's not his twin, I don't think. No, Aiden is Zach's friend. Well, then I don't know. <laughs> okay, now we're at the wedding. And Lily is panicking. Sophia comes and gets Robin. She's all, Lily won't talk to me. You need to go talk to her. And so Robin goes to see what's going on. It turns out that Lily is pregnant and she's freaking out because this isn't part of her future plan at this point. She's like, we were planning on having kids like five plus years from now. Surprise. It's what Santa. if he leaves me at the altar as a pregnant bride? <laughs> it's a gift. Robin's like, yeah, no, that isn't going to happen. You're going to be okay. And she talks Lily down. So she is there for Lily, finally. And we're like, what, the 11th hour? <laughs> exactly what time is this? Yeah, the at the hour. very, very end. <laughs> so, yes, the wedding goes without any problems. We're at the reception. Because <laughs> Sophia managed it. <laughs> uh, Zach is introduced to Robin's parents. They like him. And then things start going downhill because some of the bridesmaids recognize Zach as one of the strippers from the bachelorette party. Lucas is angry drinking and is being a butthole. Yay, Zach starts feeling insecure and leaves. So he bails at this point. Robin has a conversation with her parents. Like she can't get a hold of Zach. She tells her parents, yeah, I was planning to go to Vegas with him and do this stuff. And her parents are surprisingly chill about everything. Yeah. They're like, yeah, well, yeah, you should blow off your job and go to Vegas with this guy that you've only known for a month and try to write. You've been putting too much pressure on yourself. Her mom tells her, yeah, you know, you need to make a big gesture to Zach to win him over and let him know that you're all in. He doesn't think he's good enough for you, but... You need to show him that he is. Yeah, it's weird advice. I was really surprised by her parents. Yeah, (laughs) me too. They're like the complete opposite of what Zach expected (laughs) and kind of the opposite of what I expected. And yeah, they're, yeah. And they're just surprisingly chill about all of it. Like, yes, daughter, go forth, do whatever you want. (laughs) I know I've been saving for your wedding for your entire life, but do whatever you want. Oh, well, that's another thing, because we had learned earlier that Robin's mom ended up having to make a big gesture to Robin's dad. And what she ended up doing was getting pregnant before they got married. It's an interesting choice. Robin's like, I can't baby trap Zach. Her mom is like, oh, but I would love to have grandkids or something like that. I was like, oh, God, like, really? Um... <laughs> you are surprisingly chill like did her parents take some drugs before they came to this wedding they're just like nothing faces them they they might have (laughs) have taken some sort of sedative or some sort of (laughs) i don't know (laughs) who knows (laughs) i don't know Uh, they're they're the most supportive parents that have ever lived (laughs) So Zach is getting ready for their next show. It's the last show in town before they leave. And Zach discovers Darla is the one who's been stealing. Darla is like their stage manager and has been with them from like the beginning. Yeah, it's been referenced like that she has a little crush on Zach, but I don't know. I don't know if she did or if that was just a lark. Yeah, I don't know. She was flirty with him. So she gives 
Zach the office key that she had shouldn't have had with her. And she leaves. And then Zach goes and tells Ricky that it was Darla. And so they chat about that a bit. And then they talk some more about Zach's woes. He gets a pep talk from Ricky like, no, you're awesome. Of course you're good enough for Robin. And Zach's like, you know, I can't do this. This is going to be my last show. I have to quit. And Ricky's like, okay. (laughs) It's the last show. He's getting ready to do his last dance. And they pull a, a woman out of the crowd. But right before he starts to dance for her, Ricky pauses everything and he's all, actually, it's his last dance. Why should he have to do all the work? And so they tie him to a chair and the woman does the dance for Zach and it turns out that it's Robin. Like she's wearing a blonde wig. She pulls this wig off and does a strip tease for Zach on stage, which is her grand gesture, I guess. And she had planned with Ricky that she was going to do this. And I think that's part of why Ricky was like, no, you don't have to worry about Robin. Of course you're good enough for her because she's going to strip for you later on stage in front of everyone. I didn't mind it aside from the fact that everyone there is there to see male strippers. And I don't know. I wonder how that affected their income. I just saw it as more like, (laughs) okay, so Robin's clearly embracing his past, his possible future. I don't know. Yeah. She's like, look, I'm cool with your lifestyle. And then they share I'm sorry's and I love you's. And then we have a time skip of a month. And it turns out that instead of moving to Vegas, they move to Boston so that Zach can be there for his family like he wants to. Robin got accepted to grad school near there. So yay. And then Zach's dad gives him his mom's old ring and Zach uses that to propose to Robin. And of course she accepts. And that's the end. How was the audiobook? So the narrators were Carmen Vine and Jacob Morgan. And yeah, I felt like they portrayed their, their respective characters very well. So it was an enjoyable listen. Are you happy for their happy M? I'm happy for Zach. I, you know, <laughs> I feel like Robin's got a long way to go. <laughs> I'm really hoping that, that she gets whatever issues she has dealt with. Because if not, Zach's going to be in Lily's boat. Then why are you happy for Zach instead of, you know, anxious for him? He got what he wanted and he's going to go be with his family, which he wanted. I don't know. It's fine. You know, he wanted her. He got her. Yeah, I'm happy for him. I feel like it's kind of one of those, like, be careful what you wish for, but maybe not. I mean, it's a romance, so of course it's going to be fine, but... What about you? Were you happy for them? I kind of share your sentiments. I'm just not sure. Like, (laughs) I'm not sure if it's going to work. He's got his insecurity issues that, yeah, she made the big gesture, but still. Yeah. He still has things to be insecure about that he needs to work through. And then she has all her stuff that hopefully she worked through. I'm not convinced. I don't think she worked through anything. I just think she found something new and shiny to chase that made her not think about whatever it was that she was not thinking about before. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm just, I'm really, there's a big question mark there for Robin. I'm just not sure. So on on that note, how do you rate Robin? (laughs) Oh, it's so tricky. Yes, by the end of the story, she seems like she's less of a hot mess, but I'm not sure if that's because she's, she didn't really seem to address issues. It just sort of, here's something new and shiny. So I definitely put her more in the awkward category. There were some instances where she stood up for herself, sort of, but I also just 
feel like she needs to work on herself. She's almost awful because the way she just abandons what she doesn't want to deal with. Yeah. You know, awful, not because she's like a terrible person or whatever, but just because I think she needs to take care of a houseplant. You know, (laughs) like, let's see if she can keep that alive and then we'll go from there (laughs) or something like that. Honestly, I worry a little bit for Zach if, if her avoidance isn't, is she sort of similar to Zach's father, you know, not wanting to deal I don't know. I'm probably reading way too much into like a feel-good romance. Maybe because it's that time of year. It's just that's where my headspace is. What about you? (laughs) I'm going to deflect now. I'm running away. (laughs) Like Robin? Hey, we know our own. (laughs) I kind of waver between awkward and awful. Okay. Also, sadly... I'm going to go with awkward because I think it was just awkwardly written. Okay. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure who she is or where she's going or anything. I I have no idea about her. She's this big question mark throughout the whole book, really. There are things about her that are awesome, but I just don't feel like I have a very good understanding of her character. And I want, I wanted to know more about her. Like, why is she like this? What happened? Yeah. Something. And maybe that wasn't the point of the book maybe the author wanted it to be a question mark like because it's it is realistic in a way like a lot of people like for whatever reason they just have a period of fuck up people can be way more complicated than characters characters kind of can't be that vague and complicated because we need to be able to trace events readers do i think complicated is fine i think vague is where i'm getting stuck like i think we needed i i needed more more reasons. Maybe there are a lot of reasons. Maybe there's no one single reason. But I needed more more explanation there than just she's feeling a little angsty because her friend is moving on in life and she's not. Which is that what it is? I'm not sure. If the friend was going to be the reason, then there had to be instances of seeing a very close relationship with her and Lily. That is a good point. I feel like that was the only potential reason brought up other than potential burnout because she wanted to be a writer and then ended up being a teacher. And while she likes being a teacher, she's not sure like this isn't where she wanted to be. So maybe it's a combination of those two things. Yeah, it sounds like she she spent a long time working really, really hard. And so it would make sense that after that, she would need downtime. But there's downtime and then there's not functioning. Yeah. There's not wanting to maintain a speeding train pace. And then there's not getting out of bed. And I feel like Robin's definitely in the not wanting to get out of bed category. Yeah, which is depression. I mean, people can have depression for, for a number of reasons and or for no reason, you know. I mean, maybe that's what it is. Maybe there is no reason. But I wanted more than. There are a number of things the author could have done to make Robin's character feel more cohesive. Yeah. We could have known her reasons for her actions. We could have had more of a friend story with Lily. We could have had more of a growth arc for Robin because I don't think... There really was much of one. Yeah, I think that's the problem is there were some things that were hinted at, but nothing seemed to coalesce to growth. So I feel like the Robin that we got at the beginning of the story is the same Robin that we have at the end. And the only thing that changed was her relationship status. Yeah. 
How do we rate Zach? I put Zach as awesome. Yeah, I know he had his insecurities, but he was, which I don't know, maybe for male characters, the standard is different. And I'm sorry, I'm a product of my environment. But yeah, he was a decent human being. (laughs) I feel like that's awesome. Yeah, he was not an (laughs) asshole. You know, he had opportunities for assholery and just went, no, I choose another way. And I feel like that should be recognized. (laughs) And yeah... Sadly, bars for human behavior are different depending on your gender. It just, it is. I wish it wasn't. But yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. He's got his shit together. He wants to go move back to Boston to be there for his family. He enjoys his job. He's good at his job. Yay. He takes pride in it. Yay, Zach. Yay, Fallon. Whatever name you want to use. What about you? (laughs) I kind of wavered between awesome and awkward because he is awesome in a lot of ways. I mean, he, he's not an asshole. So that makes him awesome, obviously, by default. <laughs> <No. laughs> I think I'm kind of like the low end of awesome, the high end of awkward for me. Okay. I think there's the insecurity thing. He strips for a living and he loves his job and he's good at his job, but he's insecure about it. Well, just, I don't know. I. He's insecure because society is insecure. I think if society cared less. Society cares surprisingly little in this book. Yeah, but it seems to. Like at the wedding, after he leaves, basically everyone except Lucas is like, yeah, who cares what he does? He's awesome. But he's great. It's more like what Lucas fears society will say, not what it actually does. Oh, what Zach fears society will say? That's what I meant. Whoopsie. I think Lucas is the stand-in for society, like actual society. Yeah. Okay. No, that's fair. In a way, because everyone else in this book is totally fine with it. Like, it doesn't bother anyone. Even Robin, like, she said trashy strippers, but it was like an offhand comment. And now now that she knows somebody who strips, she's like, oh, actually, no, it's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, and I guess for me, like, it's, it's okay if a hero feels insecure. He doesn't use that insecurity negatively towards somebody else. Like, there are hero characters where it was like, oh, I feel yeah. insecure, therefore I will control the heroine. Or I feel, you know, like, he wasn't no, doing... That's okay. that's not my problem. That's not my problem with the insecurity. The problem with the insecurity is that it feels artificial. Oh, Okay. I yeah, like if he now. was insecure and it felt realistic to me, then that would be fine. That wouldn't make him awkward. He's insecure, but it feels artificial to me. It feels like, like disingenuous. Yeah, this is what the author thinks he should feel. Oh, okay. Well, then I see your point. I guess it didn't feel as disingenuous to me, but okay. Yeah, because yeah, no, I'm I'm fine. Like I like if he was if he was a cocky stripper stripper guy who then you know has like this hidden insecurity and there's a reason for it and we understand it and get a good sense of it and understand him better as a character. And, Oh, look, he's three dimensional. Yeah, gotcha. You know? Okay. And yay, that, that would be fine. That would be awesome. But instead it's like, well, he's insecure, but why? Yeah. Because okay. he assumes, he assumes things that he has very scant evidence for as far as we know. No, that makes sense in the text. But I mean, he's good for Robin. So that's that's the awesome part. I think of him. he's better for Robin than Robin is for him, at least based on the story yeah. that we have so far. Although I guess he was hoping to to be with someone who his 
father would be proud that he's with. You know what I mean? Like, she has multiple degrees. She finds me valid. Well, yeah, and we do. So there is a little bit of an inkling of, of him being insecure because of his dad. There's, there's some of that. There's some in the story. Like, his dad, I guess, gave him crap because he looked like his dad. But I don't know how much that relates to him being a stripper and how much that relates to him dropping out of school. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Okay, so what about... What about the villains or antagonists in the story, Em? Okay, so I listed two of them. You may have more, because society or whatever. But I listed Lucas and Darla. And Darla I put as a little awkward, because it seemed like the stealing thing kind of came at the end. I don't know. Like, I didn't see much of a hint as to her nefarious intent early on. Yeah, I agree. There was just a, hey, she likes you, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And then, ooh, baddie. There didn't seem to be as much of a lead in to that. And then, of course, Lucas. He is an awful asshole for multiple reasons. Where Robin is concerned, according to her, like, she ignored his date and he propositioned her plus boss. So power imbalance. And Zach didn't like that he treated the staff at the restaurant's shittily which that kind of can be an indicator of a person i mean everybody has a bad day but yeah it's like if somebody does not have any kind of power of or authority in a situation and they treat them like crap so would you say he's (laughs) effective i'd say he was fairly effective yeah and then you know him almost being a pedophile which the reason i was laughing earlier when we were doing the notes was because i wrote almost pedophile (laughs) in my notes and then i heard I don't know why I hear things put to music, but yeah, you know, you know that song, Almost Uh Paradise? (laughs) Yeah, it was to that. (laughs) I was like, but that's why I was laughing. But that's also why I couldn't tell you about it. Because you're like, why are you laughing? I'm like, I can't tell you. I know. We have to not talk about the, the book at all until we record. That's one of the rules. So now you get to know. I appreciate it. Thank you. Enjoy. <laughs> so what about you and your villains? Were any of them set to music? Um, I agree with you. Uh, I put Lucas and Darla on my list and I also put Vinny. Darla I rated kind of awful oh, yeah. as a villain because she just really wasn't. She was just there. Yeah, she wasn't very effective. Not to mention her money stealing didn't negatively affect the group. I think the, the hardest part about her being the one who stole the money is that Ricky was taken with her. And that hurt Ricky. Oh. Oh, yeah. But, eh. And then Vinny was kind of a red herring, wasn't he? Yeah. I th- Be- because we were supposed to suspect him of stealing the money. He was. And then he had the whole drug thing that went nowhere. I think it would have been better if her stealing the money would have meant they didn't have enough money for the plane tickets to Vegas. You know what I mean? Like, it, it would have prevented something. Yeah. Versus Ricky just getting his feelings a little hurt. And then with Vinny, like... It kind of just was there to take our focus off Darla as a potential suspect, I guess. And that's fine. But then there's the whole headbutting between Vinny and and Zach that never, like, nothing ever comes of that either. There's no failure during one of the shows due yeah. to poor rehearsing, for example. It's just everything's fine. And then Lucas I rated as an awesome villain. Oh, Okay. I think he was just like cartoonishly bad. 
he was really hateable. The author did a really good job of making him super hateable and gave us a lot of reasons to dislike him. Yeah, I hated him. But I think like a lot of the characters in this book, there's just not enough there to make me like really understand them. Like they don't feel very complex. And Lucas also doesn't feel very complex. He feels like, okay, how did this guy, he has mutual friends with Robin. So he runs in the same crowd, college educated, principal type of guy is also the same guy who's like drunken, a febophile who is okay with underage drinking and starting fights at said friend's wedding. There's there's not enough there. It's like two sides and there's no, like I wanted there to be like some sort of joining piece. Like how do these two sides fit together? Yeah, I have no problem like those two sides being part of the same whole, but you're right that there needed to be some sort of connecting something because it does seem like an a side b side thing i have absolutely no problem that being a complete person character i i don't see those as mutually exclusive no i don't think they're mutually exclusive i just wanted there to be more instead of being like a flat piece of paper this is one side this is the other i wanted a sphere or like an oreo you need the creamy center i don't want i don't i don't want lucas's creamy center um Oh my gosh, why did my brain do that? Yeah, no, leave leave that the freaking hell alone. Oh, I know, I know. As soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, what the? Now I know why my characters say stupid <laughs> shit. It's because I do. Uh, <laughs> oh, that is a really unpleasant mirror. Yeah. Well. <laughs> he's awesome in that he's very hateable and fun. In that way. It's it's nice yes. to have one of those characters in a story like this where it's like, oh, oh, he's in this scene. Okay, things are going to hit the fan. <laughs> yes, I can, I can delight when something yeah. horrible happens to you. <laughs> but awkward in the sense that it just didn't feel complete. Like I wanted more, more, more. You wanted more, more. Give me more. <laughs> <laughs> That's the song that Lucas dances to is the give me more by britney spears (laughs) (laughs) okay um how did you rate the book i rated the book a four because it was fun i enjoyed i feel like yeah that's what four is is that i enjoyed this this was fun so what about you i gave it a two okay i can see why slash how you could enjoy it and it, it was kind of like a fun ride but it felt really incomplete to me. Like I felt like there were big things missing mm-hmm. in this book that just when I when I finished it and I got to the end, you know, you have that moment where you can go, oh, I didn't get that. I got a, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> because we have all these different threads and none of them really come to any sort of satisfying conclusion. I find I'm getting less affected by those the more romances we read. Like I notice them. But it's it's impacting huh. my en- enjoying less. I'm not sure if that's a good or bad thing. I think for me, in this particular book, it bothered me because they seem like big threads. The whole drug thing. There was a lot of drugs in this book. It went nowhere. Yeah. No, I see what you mean. The Lucas thing, because there's a point where we realize that Robin's been feeling harassed at work. And she's considered filing a report. 
And at the end of the story, I think she does pick up a report to file. She does. But we don't know if anything comes of that or if it will or, That's true. you know, and she gets yeah. accused of harassing him. Yeah. But none of that goes anywhere. The thing with that one, there was one of the bridesmaids that had a thing for Zach and she kept popping up at the different places where Zach was. And I sort of expected that to be a thing. And it wasn't. There, there were a lot of things. Yeah, no, there were a lot of good ideas in here. There was a lot that needed to also get addressed to make it feel less incomplete by the end. Yeah. It's not just about the couple getting together. I mean, that that's a huge part of romance. But it's not the only thing playing on a reader's emotions. Yeah, I just kind of feel like as a writer, if you're going to put that stuff in there, there needs to be a reason that it's there. And I'm just not clear on why that stuff is in there. Yeah, it needs to conclude and and be woven into the character's experiences. Because you're creating, I mean, as a writer, you're creating this world, you get to decide what is in the world and what isn't. True. So if something is in the world, it should matter. Yes. But maybe, maybe the author is going for some sort of realism. I don't know. Is my existentialism showing? Maybe. I don't know. But (laughs) (laughs) I I like there to be reasons for there to be things in books. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) It makes total sense. So did you feel romanced? I feel like we already know the answer, but I'm going to ask anyway. Yeah, no, not really. Mm. I feel like halfway there. Because I did, I did like Zach. I feel like Zach was a fun hero. And I think if he had been fleshed out a little bit more, I would have been totally into him. I didn't really care for Robin. It's not that I disliked her. It's just I didn't, I just didn't get her. Yeah, if she was fleshed out a little more, you may have been able to, to connect better or relate or something. Yeah, maybe. I don't know how I feel about their chemistry. Like, I don't know that they really had. I feel like we got told that they thought each other were hot. Yeah. But I don't know that I really felt it. Like, I didn't feel the heat. That's the thing. Like, on that Ferris wheel scene, I should have been, like, into it. Like, oh, yeah, you know. But instead, I'm just worried about their safety. (laughs) Yeah, safety concerns shouldn't have been primary in your mind. I don't think so. I think think for that scene, (laughs) I shouldn't have worried about it. But I did. (laughs) (laughs) yeah what about you em did you feel romanced no i think it's along similar lines as you like i didn't feel the connection between them so much i i do think you're right i think we were told they had chemistry i couldn't feel the chemistry between them yeah so i remained unaffected what else have you been reading uh well i'm i'm still i'm about halfway through wish maybe less than halfway through david epstein's range and in the book, they, he talks about specialization in a field versus essentially having diversified interests. And a really good example of this, which he uses in the first chapter, which if you know anything about sports ball, then you probably have more to fill in with this. But, you know, Tiger Woods versus Roger Federer. With Tiger Woods, he showed promise at golfing at a very early age. So he was very much steered in that path. Eight hours of golf practicing as a child. He he has been successful, so there's no denying that, you know, maybe for him that was the best path uh, as far as sports were concerned. And then there's Roger Federer's path. I don't know if he necessarily showed promise as an athlete, but he played different sports. Tiger Woods' father played professionally. Uh, Federer's mother was a coach, but she was like, I'm not going to coach him. Can you imagine? <laughs> Ugh. Um, (laughs) yeah, it was like, no, I'm not touching that. So he was allowed to play all these different sports. 
didn't really pick tennis until later on. Well, quote unquote, later. I think he was in his teens still. But considering single digit age picking a sport versus teenage, that could be considered late. A lot of athletes do start really, really young, though. Yeah, they do. And he uses other examples. And Epstein even talks about like, how we think about thinking and how we think about learning and and all of this stuff. There's actually several chapters in there I think you'd really enjoy about how our brains deal with information, how they think about information, how how language and stuff impact our ability to think about information and how our predecessors decades and decades ago thought about things differently in a very literal sense like how they grouped things. There was an example of a study done where they they took people who were in this village and they asked them to, to group things together. And in some cases, they're like, you can't group those things together because you need this other thing to make these things be grouped together. However, people who have been more impacted by modernity would look at these same things and because of their experiences would be better at abstract thinking and could more easily go, oh no, these things group together in this way. All right, what about you? Uh, Okay, so I am almost done with Parasite by Mira Grant. It is a sci-fi horror book. Takes place in the near future where people are now using a genetically engineered tapeworm, parasitic tapeworm, as a way to be protected from illness and boost our immune system. And it can even secrete drugs and things. Almost everybody on the planet now has a parasite on purpose on on purpose yes i know i feel physically uncomfortable okay keep going our main character wakes up from a coma where they were just about to pull the plug uh the doctors thought she was brain dead but miraculously uh, i can talk miraculously (laughs) it's hard after the she wakes up But she has severe amnesia. Like, she doesn't even know how to speak English. Oh, and she okay. Go, she's, she's like 20, you know, so she's an adult. But she goes back and she lives with her family and they reteach her things. And they figure, you know, the whole reason she survived um, the accident that caused her coma was due to this parasite. Several years pass. She's now, you know, she's learned more. She's... A person again, you know, but she's not the same person she was before the accident because she started over essentially like completely. Fair enough. And now there's this weird thing going on that's called the sleeping sickness and people are suddenly almost zombified like they just start walking aimlessly and they don't seem to have any idea of what to do or how to how to act they just are walking and then some other people Uh are like violent but no one can figure out why well we learn over the course of the book that the parasites have something to do with this Mm. and I don't want to say any spoilers, but it's really good. Yay, that it's good. And it's the first book in a trilogy. And it's by Mira Grant, who's the same one who wrote that mermaid horror book (gasps) that I loved so much. I was wondering if that name... Okay, that was familiar. Yeah, I think I'm going to read the mermaid book soon. Yeah, you should. It's good. This one is also good. It's on my my (laughs) list. I want to. (laughs) I, I may have found a new horror writer that I'm just into. Ooh, that's very exciting. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, this is the second book by this author that I've read, and I've just been captivated. Ooh, <laughs> yay. 
Well, it's wonderful to be held captive <laughs> by writers. Maybe. Consensually. <laughs> oh no, the misery. Um, <laughs> I was like, don't say it, don't say it. And then I couldn't stop my mouth. Someone's <sighs> number one fan. <laughs> Do not give them any ideas. <laughs> Although if they held me captive, it would probably be fine. But still... <laughs> That's it for this time. Check out our website, romancemepodcast.com, for our show notes, other episodes, and our upcoming reads. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google, Amazon, or Spotify, or find us on Twitter at RomanceMeCast. Speaking of Twitter, were you romanced by Zach and Robin's story? Let us know what you think. And of course, join us next time when we discuss The Princess Bride by William Goldman. Bye! <laughs> Over the holidays, we watched Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh-huh. It was interesting. I don't think I've ever watched it before. Got their reactions. I'm gonna make a confession to you. I don't think I've ever actually watched the whole thing. What? Okay, so we watched Bridesmaids, but we haven't watched Nightmare. Yeah, I don't think so. How how has that been our life? I don't know. I think you're a failure. Oh fuck you. <laughs> You're in charge of my movies, after all. Am I? <laughs> I don't feel like that was ever hashed out. <laughs>